Hello and welcome to All Aboard TII's Accessibility Podcast. This is a podcast about accessibility and sustainable public transport, brought to you by Transport Infrastructure Ireland. I'm Claire Scott and I'm joined by our All Aboard podcast host, Sarah O'Donnell. Throughout the series, we'll be hearing first-hand accounts from people who use and design public transport systems, and specifically the role accessibility plays in these experiences. And who is this podcast for? In the first instance, we hope to connect with people with disabilities who use our services. But also, it's for anyone who is drawn to human interest stories and has a curiosity to learn more. And of course, we hope to attract listeners who are designers and decision makers for transport systems, who through the podcast might get a better understanding of some of the problems and potential solutions that are out there. So without further ado, let's give this a go and get all aboard TII's Accessibility Podcast. Hi, Sarah. So what's coming up on this episode? Hi, Claire. So in this episode, we take a journey on the Lewis in the company of Barry O'Donnell, who is a cane user, and Roger Flood, who leads the Dublin Bus Travel Assist Scheme. It was recorded over two sessions, so a very big thank you to them both for their time and expertise. Later in the programme, we chat to Aoife O'Connell, who is Communications Officer with Transdev, and she tells us all about the Lewis Travel Assistance Scheme. So enjoy! A short production note, as Sarah mentioned, parts of this episode were recorded on location, and while we hope this enhances the listener experience, there may be a small impact on sound quality in parts. Please enjoy. Okay, so uh, we're here uh, this morning on Cabra Lewis stop and I'm joined by Roger Flood, who leads the uh, Dublin Bus Travel Assist Programme. Um, I'm also joined by Barry O'Donnell. Uh, Barry is a cane user. He's a member of the Lewis User Group. Um, he's also a broadcaster. Uh, and an activist, I would say, Barry. Yep, is that a fair correct, description? Yeah. So uh, what I'd love to do is chat about the Travel Assist Programme for people who aren't that familiar with it. And also then, Barry, maybe to talk to you about some of the features on the platform and indeed on the tram, when we go on that in a, in a while, what works, what doesn't work. So, Roger, if I could start with you. Maybe you could tell uh, people about the Travel Assist Programme, a little bit about the background and who typically uses it. So the, the Travel Assist Programme was set up 15 years ago by, I, if I remember correctly, it was Minister Seamus Brennan, who was in England, seen her working over there and then brought it back to Ireland and introduced it to us. Um, the people that use the service are from the age of 18 and over and it's based on anybody that feels that you could benefit from the service. So we would work with all different disability groups, uh, we would work with the, elder, the elderly, and, um, and basically anybody that wants to use the service. Excellent. And although it's called, it's known as the Dublin Bus Travel Assist, you help people on all modes of transport, so Irish Rail, Dart and Lewis. Yeah. We covered all forms of transport within the, Dublin, greater, the greater Dublin area. Very good. And in your experience... Like we're on the Lewis platform here, what are the recurring issues that have come up? Okay. So, so every, everything that, that when we go to meet someone first, it's all about confidence. Okay. So before I actually go out with a person or one of the team would go out with a person, we would have had our homework done. So when we go to meet someone, and I, I don't know which way this is going to sound, when we go to meet and work with someone, uh, we we 
we don't have issues yeah. because everything is done we know what we're saying like for this today now if I was doing this if me and Barry were doing a journey today I would have been doing this journey blindfolded Right. Okay. Amazing. Getting to know the house. So I'd walk the journey first and then I'd blindfold myself working on the route and I'm just looking around to see what landmarks we would have and I would I would um, work on that and then, then introduce it to the person I'm working with. Fantastic. And Barry, um standing on, on the Cabra platform now, maybe do you want to talk through for listeners just about some of the features even from the tactile to the help point to anything else? Um, and, and how you navigate that as a cane u- user. Okay, so in this station itself, there's a ramp leading up to road level, so there's no lifts here. So the ramp will bring you straight down to the, the platform. Um, there will be what's called lozenge tactile, so there's three rows of that at the platform edge, you know, to save you going over it in error. Um, so in terms of um, other items on the platform, is there's a, a, a help point, and that's located beside the ticket machine. Now, you can press the button and you can ask the control person um, what time's the next Lewis due and what's its direction. So you don't need to have a phone or an app or be able to use a phone or an app. This is always here. Um, One slight problem is trying to locate the um, help point because uh, it's not kind of beside a wall like or a railing like Mm. you'd have in O'Connell Street Upper. This is kind of in the middle of the platform, so your cane arc and the swing going from left to right, you'd have a bit of trouble trying to find it. I did, however, know where it was because somebody had used the ticket machine and it said, please take your ticket and your change. So that gave me my orientation. But if that person hadn't have been there, I I would have had a a problem trying to find it. And you've mentioned um, in the past, Barry, you know, that what might be useful would be a line of tactile running perpendicular from the face of the platform and directing people to the help point and that that would be that would be a useful addition to the platform layout. Yeah, because as a person is scanning the lozenge tactile with their with their cane, and indeed some people walk on the lozenge tactile, having a, a, a tactile strip kind of leading towards the the help point would make it a, a lot easier, and also towards exits, because trying to find exits here are a, a little bit complex as, as well. So, uh, Roger, in, you've been doing this, you said, for fifteen years. Yes. Uh, what would you say across all? the modes you know where have the improvements been or where are the areas where it just you kind of we need to make more progress i every, every time I, I probably mention people i work with all the time but but every time that i go to work with someone uh i always try and work on the positives yeah so we just say even coming onto this platform now i know that if myself and Bertie and I'm, i i hope Bertie would agree that if we worked on this uh if there was nobody buying a ticket at the machine uh, I'm 100% sure that me and Barry, after a few practice runs, would have this machine and have our little landmarks uh, in time at Barry's pace. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the positives, obviously where we're standing this morning is a positive because this wasn't here a while back. Um. I just wanted to talk, Roger, about... Uh, I know from... like I work with the uh, Lewis user group with Barry. Barry attends the meetings and the feedback uh, when Lewis Cross City was being built and there was an awful lot of construction on the street that the Travel Assist Programme was uh, a a lifeline for people. So maybe if you'd both like to talk a little bit about that and for future projects like where we're building Metrolink and there's going to be more disruption 
what what would be important for people and maybe Roger if you start and then Barry if you'd like to speak so so again when we when we go to work with people uh, we have a plan A okay but we also have a plan B so when there is something going wrong whether it's traffic uh, whether it's works going on we have a plan B in other words that we will use a certain bus route while this work is going on so um, we, 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 we never look uh, anything as a, a major problem yeah. we look at okay this is this is a skill I'm going to learn and it's going to add to the skill that I already have uh, and, and it works out as a plus very good and Barry some of the things that have come up in the user group meetings would be uh, well, you, uh, the temporary poles the concrete uh, uh, pole yeah. foundations yeah so one of the problems we had initially was we'd we'd walk out to a pedestrian we'd walk out to a pedestrian crossing pole we couldn't find the button and we didn't realise that these were actually in uh, concrete blocks, kind of knee height concrete blocks and we just had to reach a little bit further over to try and find the um, the buttons. Similar like bus stops could end up being in these concrete poles as well so you'd run into difficulty but after a while once you became aware of what to check for or search for it became plain sailing. Um, other things like obviously streets became uh, became building sites literally with railings and um, hoardings etc and something like going down from Stevens Green from Hume Street where Fighting Blindness is located mm. down to um, Stevens Green down to Dawson Street you could hear angle grinders drilling kango hammers it was um, very very difficult to find um, bus stops and the great thing about Roger is he showed us a way around it um, you know you can take another route you can take an 11 a 46a bus two stops around the corner to um, Leeson Street cross the road at CUS then take the bus stop near the Sugar Club and just you know there was a way around it you kind of go backwards to go forwards and that's a solution that uh, worked very well the same as trying to navigate through the city centre trying to get to bus stops over O'Connell Bridge became a nightmare um, just because of all the roadworks and um, fencing etc Roger showed us a way around it get the Lewis from Abbey Street stop up to Museum go around the corner and join the 37 from Black Hall Place so there's always a way around the problem you know you might have to go backwards to go forwards you might have to take in different means of transport to get by the problem but you know that's something that Roger trained us well on and you know we picked it up and Roger, uh, is that a matter of people just calling and you getting to know people and that, you know, if there are kind of changes happening on the ground that they can give you a call and you work together Correct. on so, it? So I think what Bertie was saying there is excellent is because sometimes uh, the longest route is the safest route and sometimes we have to do that to ensure our own safety. Um, in, in terms of when, like, does the ceasefire, or sorry, cheese spine starting now soon in the Ballyferma Cherry Orchard area and so what we've already d- done now is we've visited groups booked them in for talks and we're going to be starting that in October so we'll be going out and letting them know and letting them know what has to be done mm-hmm. uh, I think next week we're going out we're bringing the bus out and we're just going to show them the new number and we're just going to do a little tour of which way the bus is going to go so what will happen is the travel assist team which there's four of us will dedicate our time to that area until we can support everybody towards independent travel and the new changes. Very good. And are there plans to roll out the Travel Assist programme to Cork? I know that they've got 
us connect and yeah. do us in the future, hopefully. Um, so Cork at the moment has just started their uh, their travel assist program down there. Uh, Amy and Eleanor are the two travel assistants, and at the moment now they're super busy already. Yeah. They're flying along. Uh, Cork is an absolutely fantastic city, so accessible, absolutely brilliant, um, and I just love every bit of it. That's great to hear. As a Cork person, I'm I always like hearing that. Um, and of course, over time, Galway, Limerick. Yeah, I, I, I. My, if my knowledge is right, I think Limerick will be this, the next city to, to come along on board. Very good. And so for people who want to get in touch, they might be nervous to travel independently now. What advice would you give them and how do they get in touch with you? Yeah. The, one, one of the biggest, I believe, one of the biggest issues for people when they're starting off their independent travelling life is confidence. Is that's the main one. So what we do is one, we have the service advertised within organisations, and then we we have it in magazines, the Irish Wheelchairs Magazine, and um, and then we had a, a big advertisement last year on our buses. Um, but um, so what it would what we would do is people would get in touch with us. So we don't just turn up at the house and say, "Are you right? Let's do a journey." What we do is we'd meet them, mm-hmm. we'd have a cup of tea, a coffee in the house, explain the service. Uh, We'd have already done the practice journey, so we'd be able to let them know what the journey is, how long it takes, and um, and, and, that, and that'll be that. From there. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And Barry, um, from your point of view, what advice would you give to people maybe who aren't feeling confident at the moment but would like to try travelling independently? Yeah, I suppose the one thing is travel assist, top class. You know, Roger isn't afraid to walk the walk as he said earlier on to put a blindfold on and to cover the route and you know if Roger's happy with doing the route I'm happy with doing the route um, you know it, it's a very rewarding very positive feeling to be able to travel independently and it's great to be able to leave your front door walk to the bus stop walk to the train uh, and the Lewis and to be able to get into town do your business do what you have to do and travel home safely you know it's, a, it's an empowering feeling at the end of the day Absolutely. And I think uh, we're hoping to maybe go on board a tram. I don't know when the next one is is due. Uh, We have a little bit of time. Uh, But uh, you spoke about the help button on the Lewis stop. Do you want to just press it down? Yeah. So it's a stainless steel one here. It's the new Cross City line. It's a round button, stainless steel. So I'll press it and I'll ask Control what time the next uh, tram is due towards the city centre. Oh, hello, good afternoon. Just at the Cabra stop, um, blind passenger. Can I ask you what what time the next Lewis towards the city centre is due? Next one to where? The next Lewis from Cabra towards the city centre. Uh, it's in Broombridge now. Okay. And, uh, one second there, please. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Is there no uh, display information? Is no, I'm I, sorry, I'm, I'm actually blind myself. I'm blind. Yeah, one thanks. One thanks one for your patience. Uh, one o'clock. Uh, right, it leaves at one o'clock, uh, Broombury, so what, another five minutes or so. Another five minutes. And can I ask you what the destination for that is? Destination uh, and this one is going to Sand for Central. Got you, that's brilliant. Thanks for your help this afternoon. Thank you. Good luck, bye.
good. Very good. Um, so I think if we board the uh, board the next tram, yeah. uh, we'll go towards Fibsborough. I think it's the, it's the one that's um, most. Uh, it's the one that's coming up next. We'll go to this curb. The curb. Uh, the, curb. The tactile is okay, coming up now. Yeah. So Okay. So you would like to get onto the tram where the driver. about to board the tram uh, we're at Cabra stop and we were about to go on board and continue our chat Barry uh, but uh, there's been high winds all all morning and the tram is temporarily out of service we've been told it'll come back up in about 20, 20 minutes or so uh, but Barry uh, as a cane user who travels regularly on the tram system what do you do in the event of a, a breakdown generally what 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 kind of difficulties do you face? Now, so I suppose over the years I've had two experiences of this. Um, one was in Drimna before COVID, just due to an, an unforeseen um, overhead line failure. The tram had to stop at Drimna. Now, the driver did say that tickets were valid on Dublin bus and um, there were PA announcements on the platform from control saying tickets were valid on Dublin bus. The problem, though, is knowing where the nearest bus stop is and the problem is a lot of other passengers would scarper or kind of disappear very quickly and when you do go up to the driver you know the driver can't leave the the, the tram he's he or she is on um, when you do press the help points then you're kind of in an awkward situation you know because you're relying on revenue protection or Lewis security to get to you and to help you off the tram so in my own case, I just had to hang tough until the overhead line fault was restored. Um, in another occasion, I had to rely on the, the help of a, a very helpful member of the public because I wouldn't be aware where the nearest bus stop is to each tram stop. I, I might know it for two or three stops around the area, but if it's an unfamiliar stop like Shure Road, where is the nearest stop? Um, so, yeah, it, it's probably something that... that that that's, that needs to be addressed yeah, okay. but how would it be could Lewis control maybe arrange a taxi or something you know to get you to your to, uh, to get you to your destination or to yeah. a bus stop just to get to get back on track yeah. um but yeah it, it's it's something to resolve I think the other day in Connolly station as well uh, I was on a Lewis and after about 10 minutes or so there was a crash up in St James's Hospital and Dublin Fire Brigade had closed the road which meant that trams weren't running in e- either direction. Now it is a similar experience there whereby the driver can't leave the tram. I was on the tram for about 40 minutes but because I'm uh, afraid of banging my head off the back of a, a footbridge on the concourse in Connolly that was unprotected the last time I hit it I'd, I'd rather if somebody could give me a hand uh, over. So I suppose in that situation, I was lucky an Irish rail guy who had helped me onto the tram 40 minutes earlier had helped me off the tram, um, you know, who had helped me cross the road yeah. to Talbot Street. But, yeah, if that guy Ryan wasn't there, I, I would have been in trouble. And, yeah. and the, the other passengers on the tram had all disappeared very quickly. Yeah. So, or the other way, if Lewis drivers could advise where the nearest bus stop is and also what routes depart from that area. Yeah. Because they're both sides of the street. But it's somewhere like Drimna, you know, it could be quite a distance away. Mm. And um, also trying to I, it, it, make sure that you've got as much customer support as possible, where possible, you know, that there's uh, guys on hand if, if in the event of a... Uh, failure. And, and I suppose you do have to rely that the guys on hand are relying on the Lewis, Lewis to get around as well. Exactly. Uh, and if they if, if that's blocked, you know that they're yes, they're too. they're they're out in the limb as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, had if we had planned to get on board the tram, and you've mentioned before about um, 
your kind of workaround to find the doors and to actually board the vehicle. Tell us about that, Barry. Okay, yeah, so I, I'd been using the Lewis tram for a few years and one of my pet hates was trying to find the uh, find the door and the door open button. Um, it's difficult to find the seam, you know, between the, the door and the tram because it's so smooth and, and shiny. Now, you can be lucky. Somebody else might have already opened the door. Um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's a very difficult, like a needle in a haystack, a very difficult task. So, um, thankfully, I um, spoke to Roger Flood and Roger Flood from Dublin Bus Travel Assist gave me a very helpful tip. And that was always to walk to the front of the Lewis platform just before it slopes. You can feel the slope. And the, the ramp, yeah. yeah, and that's it. And, and there's kind of cordry tactile at the start of it. But as you feel the ramp, the slope of it, just um, stop yourself, position yourself there, and the Lewis driver will always open the door for you. So you'll hear the click and you can walk towards the door. Now, during the COVID pandemic, unfortunately, for about 18 months, uh, the front door of the Lewis was closed. And indeed, the area behind the driver's cab was kind of chained off. So that became very difficult for us because for people who are blind or partially sighted, because we had to trade the Lewis in the hope that another passenger had opened this, the, the double doors down and sometimes they had and sometimes they hadn't and that was the difficulty sometimes it might take us a while to find the door yeah. and then the driver would just t- some drivers would take off uh, kind of with you trailing it um, and other drivers would wait you know they'd give you the extra minute but you know it was a difficult task so we were all very impressed when the restrictions were lifted in uh, September 2021 and the doors were reopened and it was a, it was a game changer for us once again for the second for the first door to be opened at the, the front of the Lewis um, yeah. but I suppose going forward you know when new trams are coming in or if the system is being uh, if the trams are, are, are being retrofitted it would be brilliant if the, the driver had the option of opening the first and maybe the second door um, because yeah. yeah to open it automatically and it would be for vulnerable customers who would have difficulty finding the second door so maybe that could be part of a future and order or retrofit and Barry would you recommend for uh, users who are blind or cane users to stand up by the driver's cab anyway just for visibility for the driver to see you yeah 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 i had an experience a few years ago in houston whereby i was at the back of the platform and i had just made the tram in time i could feel by the slope where i was just got to the door put the cane in the um the door closed on top of my cane and the Lewis took out with my took off with my cane so I was a bit stuck I was a bit high high and dry and I suppose what I learned from that night was that one it was a dark night two that although a Lewis door has closed on me in the past maybe once or twice over the years and indeed they've always sprung back on me uh, in this case perhaps it's just the size of the cane is too small maybe it's only whatever one and a half two centimeters wide uh, So, you know, always go down to the front of the tram where you've got your driver visibility. The driver can see you boarding, um, can afford you extra time, you know, before taking off. And I suppose if I was getting on the back of the tram again, I would put my elbow in first because at least if the door closed on top of me, it would spring back. It it would pick it up, whereas it appears that the cane is just, the the thickness of it is too slim. It's calibrated maybe maybe to pick up something larger like your hand or your wrist or your 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 body width or whatever it is so for for many reasons yeah it is better to board at the front of the lewis and on board the tram itself for people who don't know maybe who aren't used to traveling on lewis people from other parts of the country but maybe 
would like to try travelling independently on Lewis. What onboard features are there that are useful for you? Um, and yeah, so I, I suppose the most important one is um, is the uh, most important was the intercom. So on red line trams, there's always an intercom on well, red and green line trams. There's always an intercom on the right hand side of the door. And what that's very handy for is that um, if the audio announcements, for whatever reason, in the unlikely event, weren't working on the tram, you could press the button, you could speak to the driver, yeah. and the driver would come back to you when when it's safe to do so and take your query. And that query could be, uh, sorry, we've no audio announcements on this tram. Could you advise me when we get to Fatima, please? Yeah. Or, sorry, I'm a blind passenger. Could you give me an extra few seconds, uh, some extra time to get off when, when I'm uh, alighting at the Jervis stop so that's that's very very handy now on the green line on the red line older trams um, the help points are always on the right side of the door uh, but on the red line trams if they're not on one side you have to go to the opposite side whereas the green line newer trams the uh, the intercom is on the right every, side of the door. door yeah it's on every door on both sides okay um, so that, so that's a very good system for uh, a very good system for information uh, and for help and just additional time so it's sure. a it's a nice little system. And, and on board the tram, you have uh, there's obviously a visual display which shows people where the next uh, stop is and what the tram destination is. But obviously, if you're blind or you have a serious vision impairment, you can't you can't rely on those. So you're totally reliant on the audio announcements. Tell me a little bit about that and how important they are. For yeah, so. It's, um, yes, yeah, so I suppose in the Lewis, audio no- announcements are essential. You know, they've been with the system since 2003, uh, since the system started. And for us, it was a game changer for our, our uh, uh, to, to travel independently. Now, obviously, there's red lines and green lines, and they both have different junctions. So, for example, the red line uh, towards the city centre can travel to the point, or it can travel to Connolly, and going out... Uh, to the suburbs westbound yeah. it can go to Talla or oh, Sagart now uh, similarly with the green line you know when the green line was extended it would go to Brides Glen or Sandyford or travelling northbound it would travel to Parnell or out to Broombridge and one of the problems we have over the years is that while there are next stop uh, next stop announcements we don't know the tram destination announcements. So, for example, we could board at Stevens Green and we're hoping to go up to Dominic Street to go to the ILEC Centre. And when we get on the tram, we're asking people, what's the destination? Yeah. And currently there's only, well, well, there was. About a year ago, um, when the Green Lines Cross City went into place, there was only one tram destination announcement between uh, the GPO O'Connell Street stop and the Upper O'Connell Street stop. And for us, the problem is that if we were on a tram and it said the next stop is Parnell, if we alighted at the O'Connell Street upper stop, the next tram coming in could also say the next stop is Parnell. And that means we'd end up going around in circles. And because it's such a long distance uh, to walk from Marlborough Street back to GPO again, we literally could have been going around in circles all day long. Yeah. And something similar would happen on the red line. And I'm, uh, say, I, I'd regularly go out to Talla to the White Cane Theatre. And similar kind of problem, you board a tram. You're not sure is it Talla or is it Sagart as the destination. You'd ask a fellow passenger, uh, is this for Talla? Now, some people would say, yeah, it is Talla. Or other people would say, sorry, I'm only travelling a few stops. I don't know. 
And, you know, the first you're aware that you're on the wrong tram is when it says the next stop is Fetter Cairn. Now, while there is an onboard tram destination stop that plays between the Bellegarde and Kingswood stop, the problem is because there are windows open on the tram and the tram could be travelling at speed, you mightn't hear that announcement. So one of the great things in the last couple of years, particularly the Green Line last year, is that there are additional tram destination announcements now between uh, Stevens Green and Dawson and Dawson and Westmoreland Street. And that allows us or affords us additional opportunities to alight the tram and change onto the correct tram. Yeah. And the great news we're hearing is that the, the rollout of additional tram destination announcements on the red line is, uh, is, is, is imminent. Is imminent. And, and, and that's going to be a game changer for us because, say for example, we had an additional announcement between Houston and James's or between, for example, Red Cow and Kingswood or Kingswood and Belgard, we would have multiple opportunities to alight uh, from the tram and board the correct tram so that's certainly going to be a welcome development over the next couple of months Good stuff, let's hope and in terms of technology generally there have been there's, there's some amazing technical innovations out there so you've got your accessible apps the text to voice technology all of the passenger information displays induction loops, audio announcements all of that technology plays a great role in helping people to travel independently but um, are there future technologies that you know of that maybe could be uh, adopted here in Dublin? Yes. So, for, for example, there's an RFID. It's a radio frequency technology. And you can have a card in your pocket. And mo- several traffic lights have this functionality, that if you walk within a few metres of it, uh, particularly at night time between 8pm and 8am, where the volume on the traffic light beacon and buzzer is lowered to 20%, when RFID is enabled on one of these Prisma Technic traffic lights and you have a suitable RFID smart card in your pocket, it'll actually increase the volume on the locator beacon so or on the audio buzzer. The sound or the announcement potentially. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, so you could be at a, a stop like uh, Upper O'Connell Street and walk by it, and it's an on-demand system. Yeah. So it would be, you know, this tram is for Parnell, or this tram is for Broome Bridge. So for us, that would certainly be certainly be a game-changer. Potentially, it could also be used maybe for health points. You know, if that had RFID functionality, and I could walk by it, and it was scanning for the card in my pocket and went, health point, you know, I could walk towards it, effectively a beacon, and I could go over and, you know, contact control in, in Lewis. And do you know... Are there, are there any systems that utilise this that you're aware of or that we could look at? Yeah, uh, it's, it's something I have to check. I did come across a country before, I think it's Sweden, and Sweden have real-time polls on the platform. And when you go over and you have an RFID in your pocket, a card, it'll scan your pocket. And again, there's no technology deficit. You don't have to have a phone. You don't have to rely on your phone having charge. You know, what happens if you don't have a phone? Yeah. This technology could just be in your pocket. It's just like a, a regular card and it scans it within a couple of metres. So that technology could certainly be a game changer. And you, uh OK, so we're actually on board the tram now. We boarded at Cabra and we're heading uh, southbound into uh, the city centre on the Lewis Green Line. Um, Barry, we were chatting there on the platform about just the RFID technology and how it could be used. And um, uh, are there other technologies that, that you think would be of use? 
I'd say probably the main one would, would, would be the RFID on the platforms, definitely, just for to identify the help points, the tram destination announcements from the platform. Uh, and they're probably the they're probably they're probably the main ones as you said the onboard one with the um, intercoms beside the doors to allow you to speak to the driver in the event that audio announcements weren't working yeah. uh, or for example just to give you afford you an extra few seconds uh, to uh, you know at your destination stop because it is nice to have the extra 20 seconds because you know anybody who's blind would probably generally have a balance issue as well so they'd have to wait until the tram has stopped before standing up and finding the door and sometimes that can take 20 or 30 seconds so it is nice to have the extra time also particularly when you're traveling peak times when you might people in your way you know it might take a little bit longer to get off the tram so it's a very handy safety net to be able to speak to the driver and the nice thing with intercoms is you don't need smartphones it's not reliant on battery power it's not relying on you you know having a phone you know on the day or a mobile network Exactly, and you've mentioned before just, I suppose, not everybody would be comfortable taking out an iPhone in public or if they're standing on a platform or on a busy tram. To be, yeah, um, It's better not to be reliant on the phone. No, exactly, because although I use an iPhone myself, I've had several stolen over the years. And it's simple things like, you know, although you have a Lewis VI app, which you could load, the problem is, and it uses a thing called voiceover screen reader, by the time you unlock your phone, open the app, choose the line like red and green and the actual direction of travel and pick your station by the time you do that it's about three minutes and in that three minutes somebody can steal your phone so you know most blind and visually impaired uh, passengers would would unfortunately have experienced of phones being stolen whether that would be at a bus stop or a a Lewis stop over the years and generally they will just ask another passenger or or will use help points and in terms of Anti-social behaviour. Have you had much experience of that while travelling? So, I mean, you do an awful lot of independent travelling around yeah, the yeah. city, but would you have had uh, experience of that? Yeah, like only a, a small bit. It's usually kind of rowdy, maybe people. Not, not, not. Sorry, it's it's rare. It doesn't happen that often. But when it when you are on a tram and there is anti-social behaviour, I suppose my own experience would have been once. On the way back from Tala, some guys thought it was a bit of crack to get my cane and throw it in the canal at your road. Now, that ended up causing me big problems because I had to get off of Houston and I had to ring one of the Irish Rail guys to from Houston to come out and bring me over to a taxi. So one, it cost me a few quid, then I had to buy a new cane as well. Yeah. So, But like, there's no way I could have gone home. Kind of going home without a cane is like a suicide run. So, you know, sometimes you just have to uh, grab the bull by the horns and go home that way. So that was just my own uh, experience. Um, I've had another experience up in, uh, up in Dominic Street on the way to Broombridge of um, people, you know jamming the doors on the Lewis and the Lewis was stuck there for about 20 minutes and the guys were just I don't know what they put in the door to jam it but that was kind of a an an unnerving experience because you're at a station where what do you do do you get off the tram and you Um, don't know if it's going to escalate if if it's going to escalate so I just hung tough in that situation and security staff came out removed the obstruction that the guys had jammed the doors with but you know the security guys are very very helpful Um, I've met them at platforms for example see Jervis and other platforms and if there's ever kind of trouble going on on the platform 
the Lewis security guys and indeed revenue protection are top notch they will bring you away from the problem yeah. you know which is admirable they will keep you safe they'll have a little chat with you for the 10 minutes while the next tram is due but you know it's great for peace of mind that they intervene they go helping you rather than the other way around excellent and i know that on board the tram at the moment there's a you know a a number that you can a text number that you can call uh, to report antisocial behavior but uh, uh, for people who are blind they can't identify the tram vehicle number so we're looking at the raised braille and raised number lettering and that explain how that might help so that would certainly be very beneficial so the tram we're on now i don't know what the number is is it 3005 4001 5003 i i don't know what the tram number is and while i could ask another passenger even other passengers sometimes can't see where the tram number is it's up in the ceiling um behind the driver's cab or, or elsewhere on the, on, the, on, the, on the vehicle, on the tram. So, exactly, so we're at a disadvantage at the moment. If we wanted to discreetly report an antisocial uh, behaviour um, episode on the tram, we don't know the tram number. And likewise, if the audio announcements, for example, weren't working on the tram or the door wasn't working, mm-hmm. like there might be a sticker on the door saying, you know, door faulty. But we're not aware of that until we press the door and go a stop or two too far. So we like to do our bit and try and report it. So back in the 90s on Dublin bus, on bus stops, they used to have, um, and it's still on many of the Dublin bus stops, it's, uh, it's what's called tactile signage. So it has, a, it has two things. It's got raised numbers, for example, 1673 for the bus stop. It's in contrasting black and yellow colours. It's raised letters, but there's also braille at the bottom. So it's a kind of a, a catch-all. It yep. benefits people who are born blind who can't read numbers or letters and who can read braille only. But it also benefits people who, like myself, who've lost their sight kind of later in life um, who can read braille but would be very slow at it um, but I can trail the numbers and go 1671 yep. so it's brilliant to hear that this is going to be located beside every door on the Lewis and you know it'll allow us to go that's trail 3005 in raised letters or indeed you'd have the braille uh, you, you know the actual comparable braille yep. as well to go with that so we'd certainly feel enabled then to report even if it's just a door out of action audio announcements not working uh, could be an intercom button not yeah, working so it's just to, yeah, more inclusive re- exactly you can report things retrospectively as well you can like if you have anything to report to the operator yeah. you'll know what tram you were on etc yeah, because it's the same as a traffic light on the street if i don't report the fault it'll only be there broken tomorrow as yeah. well for everyone else so you have to try and do a, try to do your, your bit as well duty. yeah yeah <laughs> and by all accounts, you lead a very active life. I know you're, you're uh, broadcasting. You're also involved in the White Cane Theatre Group and Sightless Cinema. And I know you have a play coming up uh, on Wednesday, etc. Yeah. This week up in the Driacht. Uh, but just, and you travel very independently on all modes of transport across the city. What has this experience taught you and what advice would you give to other yeah. people who might be less... So uh, I, have to, I have to say, the feeling of being able to leave your door at home you know, get on a bus, get on a train, travel independently. Well, one, it saves you a load of money in taxis. It saves you having to rely on friends and family bringing you to your destination. And, you know, it's a fantastic feeling to be able to travel, you know, safely on a system, 
know the next stop announcements uh, and to reach your destination. It's just a, a really good feel good factor to be able to do that to be able to do it independently and you know it's nice to be able to add more routes to the equation and you're continuously learning new things so for example you might have Basaris as a stop but you know Basaris has steps at one end of the stop so you know I'll, be, I'll become aware eventually that you know it's the north end of the platform is the stop to uh, you know the, the, the part of the stop to exit at I'm becoming aware of help points I'm becoming empowered um, you know as time goes on so it's a great feeling to be able to push the boat out but to have so many safety systems but not to be at a technology deficit as well yeah. because people's phones can be broken they can be stolen um, it might cost 600 euros for a new phone and yeah. you might be able to get that money together for a while and also some people it might take you two, two years to learn technology and then other people you mightn't ever get assistive technology so it is nice to have simple ways of the built platform in, built, built in, in systems yeah. built in built systems, in technology yeah. that's kind of universal design yeah. that doesn't rely on you having 600 quid in your pocket or having a charged up phone with you on the day it is great to have a button you can just press so we're coming into Marlborough stop now I think we'll hop out here Very and uh, we'll finish uh, the chat on the platform So we've come off the tram and we're on Marlborough Street and Barry, you're just going to describe um, how you navigate from the vehicle onto the street, onto the, off the platform. Gotcha. So currently I'm at the front of the platform. There's lozenge tactile, which are three bumps. So I'm going to follow the, the, lo- follow even, the lozenge tactile um, down and uh, I'm going to cross the road and move over towards um, Abbey Street. So there's three lozenge tactiles under my foot. Coming up shortly, I can feel... Uh, a slope coming up shortly. Um, yeah, and sometimes I go I go over the platform edge when I notice Lewis no Lewis behind me. Um, oh, no, there's a big pole. So I'm not yeah. That's a, a, an electricity pole maybe. Um, so I can hear pedestrian crossings ahead. So I should be feeling um, a car dry tactile sometime soon, um, or possibly I missed it. Now here's another pole. Now that's a pedestrian crossing pole, so I can hear the locator beacon off that. So I'm gonna. I'm, there's a little arrow on it. It's a metal arrow, and you can feel a vibrating pulse through it. Uh, that gets lowered at night time between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. So, of course, I should press the button as well to change the light. So I'm waiting for that pulse to change. It gets. It goes fast when it's safe to do so. Um, So we have a couple of vehicles. These pedestrian crossings usually change within two minutes. It's the cycle for them. Um, it's still changing. Now, here we go. So it's safe to cross the road. So I'm going to cross to the opposite side of the road. I usually try and walk towards one o'clock in case I drift off course. And I'm on the other side of the road now. I can feel the blister tactile under my foot. So I'm going to walk into the, the building line here. I think it's a pub. Well, it was the last time I saw it anyway. Now, so, I, it's getting cold, so I'm feeling, um, yeah, I can hear the pedestrian crossing to my one o'clock. So I'm going to walk towards it. I don't feel any, mm, I think, oh, here it is. Yeah, I must have gone past it. So there's our other pedestrian crossing. Um, we've got a pulse arrow on it. Um, and we're facing the Abbey Street Lewis stop. So we're in Abbey Street now. 
it's the fast pulse is what is, is what my cue is and the sound as well um, so I'm walking towards uh, Abbey Street Lewis I think I'm across now um, now there's a railing here I'm waiting for the railing to end I just guide that with my finger and cane now so I'm now at the Cordray and I know there's a pole here and don't walk into it Barry so I'm going to go across the two Lewis tracks uh, to the westbound platform to Tala and Sagart so I'm crossing the two tracks now we're nearly here now so there's my car dry now what I do here is that uh, there's a pole there and don't walk into that so that's the the pole I've walked into a few times and I'm just going to follow the uh, platform edge and the lozenge tactile and my plan now is, is to walk towards the front of the Lewis platform um, because the driver always opens the door at the front of the platform I can hear a tram coming in behind us um, so I'm just going to the front of the platform and there are people in front of me so maybe I should stop yeah no problems um, so I think in this case I won't be going to the front of the platform so I'll take any door that opens now so I, I'm boarding this tram not knowing its destination but I can I can press the button and ask the driver okay so somebody's opened the door right in front of me so I'm boarding the Lewis here um, now so this is one of the help points that's an empty panel um, Sarah you're on the Lewis yeah I'm here yeah, yeah so. so on the red line fleet it's generally just on one side so you've got the double doors facing each other and on the red line fleet it's just to the right of one of the doors but on the green line fleet it's on both it's on sides both. yeah so it's a great system so hopefully maybe as part of a retrofit because um, there is a kind of a panel space for it but yeah. maybe that could be wired in maybe as part of a retrofit yeah. in the future and, and, and while this intercom is only for emergencies I'll wait until the driver is at the next stop because I don't want to annoy the driver okay. so I'm happy to press it now when the driver opens the door now Oh yeah, hello driver. Can I ask you where the, the tram destination? Is this Tala or Sagart? Tala, great news. Thanks very much. Thank you. So there you go, that that, that worked very well. Okay, so, so um I don't know, uh, you're going to continue on, you're yeah, going yeah. to rehearsals for the play. Yeah. Um so I suppose it just remains to say a big thank you to you, Barry, for uh, for this morning and for uh, just talking us through uh, how you navigate the tram. That's perfect. That's yeah. no problems at all. Yeah. You know, it's all about communication. Communication yeah. is key, and you know, and that's great for tourists as well. Yeah. Nice to be able yeah. to, nice to, be able to, to press a button. To be able to know where you're going. Yeah, and, and you, you, you aren't dependent on having an app and been from Germany and coming over going I, I can't get the Lewis app in my German ice store or it you know yeah. um, well Barry thank you very much no for Thanks today very much. yeah I'll, uh, it was a pleasure and thank you for chatting to us oh no that's no, no problems at all Joined by Aoife O'Connell from Transdev. Aoife, welcome to All Aboard TAI's Accessibility Podcast. So, for listeners who might not be aware, Transdev is the company responsible for the operation of Lewis Light Rail in Dublin. 
Basically, it manages the tram services, the drivers, the customer agents, and of course, it's responsible for keeping the vehicles lovely and clean and in good working order and making sure that they run on time. Aoife, maybe if you could tell us about your particular role in Transdev. So, hi Sarah, thanks for having me today. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm Aoife O'Connell, I'm the customer service manager for Lewis. Uh, I deal with all the my team, I should say, deal with all the customer complaints and queries. Um, we can be contacted through our social media platforms, which is Twitter and Facebook. We can also be contacted through email and web form and through our phone line as well. So we deal from, I suppose, from beginning to end with all customer queries and complaints. Very good. And so tell us about what kind of feedback you typically re- uh, receive. It's not all complaints. Sometimes it's positive feedback and oh absolutely yeah no we we would get yeah we would get comments and queries suggestions on a daily basis um you know how you would get from a to b on the lewis line how you would get a connection from a lewis certain lewis stop to irish rail or to dublin bus queries on tickets um yeah i mean it's not all again it's not all complaints we generally get a lot of inquiries and um comments and feedback Excellent. And actually, that's what I would love to talk to you about, because we spoke earlier to Roger Flood about the um, Travel Assist Programme, which is a kind of a multimodal assistance programme. But Transdev also run the Lewis Travel Assistance Scheme, uh, which is uh, particular to to Lewis Light Rail. And it's an excellent service uh, provided to people who need a little help in getting to know the, the system. So for people who might not be aware of the service, tell us about how it works. Yeah, so anybody looking to travel by Lewis and who's looking for some, some assistance to travel from say, a, a to B, they can contact Lewis Customer Service by emailing us at info at lewis.ie or they can contact us on any of our social media platforms or by giving us a ring on the phone. And our customer service department will arrange for staff to meet that person at their designated stop at the time and date requested and they will bring them from A to B on their journey. We'll also facilitate then if somebody is new to the Lewis line, they don't necessarily want to make a journey. They just want to familiarise themselves with a, you know, a particular route or, you know, to familiarise themselves with the tram where the emergency help button may be, how they, you know, which accessible doors they need to use and and so on. So we do provide that service as well. That's excellent. So it's a one-to-one service for people and a really good way of uh, maybe people who might be a little bit nervous about using the system, who might not be familiar with the system, a way for them to get to know it and to learn the route and and then they're on hopefully be able to travel independently on that route absolutely do you get uh, much feedback from that or do you find that people absolutely yeah i mean we only have ever had positive feedback about the the service that we provide and the staff on the line the customer agents are very knowledgeable and uh, and are, are there to assist our passengers in any way possible and of course, one of the things that's come up over the years is that all of your uh, customer facing staff receive disability awareness training. So like, how is this of practical use to people on the ground? What, how does it? Yeah, so I mean, I suppose when staff start as part of their induction training, they all receive disability uh, awareness training. And we have our in-house trainers who provide that training to all of our staff. And they also get refresher uh, training once a year. Um, And as part of that training as well, they are given jam card training. And that's a standard for all staff, all public facing staff on the line. Very good. And the jam card is the just a minute. So it's basically a, a badge that people can carry to say, you know, just bear with me, you know, um, I, I need a little help potentially. Exactly. And of course, that's really good. It just means that the customer agents are wise, I suppose. They just keep in mind that people might need, need help and they know how to recognise it and what to do in those instances. So along with the 
uh, customer agents and the training that they have and the help that they provide. Um, one of the things that's come up over the years is that like drivers, I suppose, uh, are aware that if they see somebody maybe potentially with a cane or whatever uh, at a stop when the tram is approaching, they've been made aware that maybe that person might need a little extra help or might need a little extra time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that, yeah. you know, where necessary, if people need to approach the driver, that they can do so if they're if they're very stuck, if they're standing at the top of the platform at the driver cab or whatever, and drivers are are exactly kind of, yeah. I mean, what what generally would happen would be if if a passenger um, did need any extra time, you know, or extra assistance, they would stand as was close to the driver's cab, make the driver aware. Uh, once the driver can see them, he'll be able to then give them that extra little bit of time that they need then to board a tram. And like Transdev do other kind of community engagement you were telling me earlier about some of the projects you're involved in with schools etc yeah so recently i mean uh, during the summer there was a family fun day out in Ballyogan. it included um you know fun days in bensey castles face painting um uh, with a lewis staff and engagement in the in the local area we got great feedback um through our social media platforms actually from families who had attended on the day and uh, it was it was a great day um by all accounts, we also liaise with different schools on the in in um, on the red and the green line, um, and do some community engagement with the um, with the schools as well. And just because was teaching children how to you know how to be safe around the Lewis line, um, you know in, in in terms of you know crossing the tracks, crossing the tracks, and, and yeah, you know and getting on and off trams and and, and and things like that. So we do have yeah absolutely engagement throughout the year on different. On Different Very good. And you had recently, uh, you were approached by a school with uh, kids with disabilities and you ran yeah. ran a programme to help those kids get familiar with the, with yeah, the service? Yeah, that's correct. So we had a teacher from a, uh, a school, so she had a classroom with children with disabilities and she approached us um, with a request. So it was, you know, she was looking to bring her class out on the line and to have a, a member of staff be able to familiarise the, the, the children with the tram, you know, where they get on the tram, looking at the the, the passenger information displays on the, on the platform, the SOS button, but also when they get on the tram then, you know, best place to sit mm. and the priority seating areas you know where the tram number is displayed where they can press the button then if they need to get in touch with the driver and things so really just tram familiarization and platform familiarization with this group of, of children and i suppose it's important just to remind people that uh the just i suppose some of the accessibility features so you've got for example for wheelchair users the and for buggies and for anybody with mobility issues the tram has level boarding and ramps uh, leading to the platform so there's kind of an ease of movement there and then once you're on board there um, are induction loops for people with hearing uh, problems uh, you have the uh, visual display to notify people of the next stop and of course there are audio announcements as well so there's a whole series of of um, accessibility features exactly on, on yeah and we pride ourselves in being able to you know to transport people from a to b seamlessly um you know no, no matter what their situation is well Aoife, thanks a million for coming in to talk to us about the Travel Assistance Programme. You mentioned that all that information is up on the website. It is, www.lewis.ie. And if people want to contact you to maybe uh, book the Travel Assistance Programme, they can go to info at lewis.ie or through any of the social media platforms. Exactly. We can also be contacted by uh, phone on uh, 0818-300-604. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Aoife. Thanks, Sarah. So that's it for this episode. 
We hope you enjoyed our conversations on disability and design and gained some insight into the role we can all play in ensuring public transport is truly for everyone. Thank you to our host, Sarah O'Donnell, to Trevor Cudden on sound, to the production team, Kathleen Jacobi, Rachel Cahill and Claire Scott, to Sinead Foley from TU Dublin, who designed our fantastic graphics, and to everyone else who helped make this podcast. Please send us your comments and feedback to allaboard at tii.ie. And for more episodes from All Aboard, please go to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.